Lecture topic: When fitnas abound. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi al-Rahman al-Rahim. واتقوا فتنة لا تصيبن الذين ظلموا منكم خاصة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كن في الدنيا كأنك غريب وعابر سبيل أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected mothers and sisters There's a word in the Arabic language which is used in the Urdu language which is also used in many other Indian languages and it's probably used in every language in the world in English it's also used in the same manner the origin is from Arabic obviously and it is the word fitna so in every language people are familiar with the word they use it, they speak it so we all use this word some way or the other some time or the other we've said something and we've used the word fitna in it if you even just meant to tell somebody don't create fitna or we said somebody is spreading fitna or these are the times of fitna in some context we've used this word or heard it and in every language it will be used in the same manner so this word fitna is in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala warns us about in many ayat about the fitnas in the ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there is much mention about fitnas in some books of hadith there is an entire chapter wherein the various fitnas that Nabi foretold that he prophesied about that these fitnas will appear in time and the most severe would be the fitna of Dajjal the Dajjal that will appear before Qiyamah and the fitna that he will then spread on earth that is beyond all the fitnas that can be imagined so on one occasion Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, at the time when he was the Khalifa he addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he asked them Ayyukum sami'a Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yadhkurul fitna Who from amongst you have heard directly from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioning about the fitnas because now Hazrat Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu an in his time there were many new people that now came in, many tabi'een so they had not been in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and then all the sahaba may not have heard it directly now he wanted to hear from somebody who heard it directly so some of them said yes we've heard about it so he said perhaps you are talking about fitnas in the sense of the word fitna where it means trials those trials that come upon a person with regards to fi ahlihi wa malihi, sometimes in his family, his children, sometimes his wealth, 
those tests and trials that come and where due to that he sometimes slips up somewhere, he does something which shouldn't be done he said something that shouldn't have been said he did something that shouldn't have been done meaning some minor thing that way he slipped up in how to handle that perhaps you are referring to those kind of fitnas so he, the people who always who said that they heard it, they said yes that's what we are referring to he said look I know about that what you are talking about those fitnas that righteous deeds will then become the kafara of it so a person slipped up and said something that he shouldn't have said obviously if it hurt somebody you have to ask that person's forgiveness also but otherwise now it wasn't the best thing to have said a person made some istighfar, some toba, gave some sadaqah inshallah all that will get taken care of and likewise some slip ups minor slip ups here and there this righteous deeds inna al-hasanat yudhibna sayyiat the hasanat and righteous deeds will delete, will obliterate the sayyiat, the minor sins he said I'm not talking about that that I'm aware of I'm asking about those fitnas allati tamuju kamaujil bahr those fitnas that come like the waves of the ocean Are the waves of the ocean what is the similar factor in both what is the similarity so what Umar is referring to one is the waves when it's high tide and some places have higher waves than other places some places have really high waves so now when it's high tide and when it's now the waves are coming it appears as if every subsequent wave, every second wave, the third wave, the next wave the f- next wave is bigger than the one preceding it one wave came, see, this was a very big wave after a short while another one comes, see you now this one was bigger and then after a short while the third one comes, you see this was even bigger than the first two so this is that similarity that when the fitnas are going to come when some fitna will hit people say this was a very serious one this now really left us bewildered don't know where to start and where to go but before they know it the next fitna will hit say that was like nothing compared to this and then when this has hardly just become sort of in some way people got to terms of how to try and work around it or whatever to do and the next wave hits which they say is worse than the first two the other aspect about the waves of the ocean that they just continue coming, it don't stop it just doesn't stop, one comes and barely that has now still hit the shore and the next one is almost there already and that one has barely hit the shore and the third one is almost there so now these fitnas just don't stop now this is the fitna that Omar is saying I am talking about this fitna who heard Rasulullah mention about these fitnas? So the Huzaifa bin Yaman was there. He said, I heard about it. So Umar now praised him and he said, MashaAllah. In other words, you have really, you have done well. That you took note of all these lessons. Then he asked him, okay, tell us what you heard. So, so Huzaifa started relating the hadith of Rasulullah the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, تَعْرِضُ الْفِتَنْ عَلَى الْقُلُوبِ 
kal hasiri udan udan that the fitnas will attack the heart now one is fitna in the sense where the meaning of fitna is as a trial as a test so that fitna can be even in the form of some difficulty that came that's a fitna in that sense in that context the difficulties that come sometimes some losses in a person's livelihood in business in lives in whatever it might be sometimes there's some theft sometimes there's some other issue there's some calamity of some sort so all this is part of fitna in that sense but these fitnas of this nature they generally are they affect the physical being they affect the insan in his physical self and very often if a person has some consciousness of allah taala also then these fitnas become a means of him turning to allah taala the person realizes that look i need to make toba istighfar now this flood came or this looting happened or this other calamity happened whatever the case might be or this loss took place i need to turn to allah taala the these kind of things come to the good also and they come to the not so good also and comes to anyone and everyone it comes to the good also they turn to allah taala they get closer to him they were already mashallah good people and now when they face some trial some circumstances some difficulty so now that turn them towards allah taala even more and this becomes a means of raising their position in the court of allah tabaarak wa taala and the person who was far away from deen it becomes a wake up call for him to look i need to also now turn around i need to change my life i need to sort myself out so now that person also that fitna became it was a difficulty it was a hardship it was a calamity but in its end result it became a rahmat in its end result it became a mercy and a very great bounty that it took him eventually though it was a difficulty though it was a loss though it was a hardship but if it took him closer to allah taala eventually it took him to a toba it made him change his life made him become conscious of salah give up sin etc that became a very big rahmat that became a very big rahmat it's like the operation person now underwent the operation because they said you don't go to the operation that cancer will spread in no time it's such a dangerous cancer then it's that's the end of it so the person says please get the operation done See, nobody is very, very expensive. You're gonna have to pay so much for it. See, well, I don't have the money. I'll borrow and get it done. I'll borrow. I'll sell whatever things I can sell off to get the money, but I'll pay for it to have this operation. See, but a very, very painful operation. And after the operation, you are going to be laid out in bed for one month, two months, and you're not going to be able to eat properly or favorite food. You're going to be so many difficulties. He says, look, all those difficulties. But if the cancer comes out. that is what the while if that cancer is removed then it's not a problem then it's fine all this i'm ready for this now this is an operation sometimes that comes from the side of allah taala that this operation if a person takes heed but now sometimes you get a person that he underwent an operation for what for whatever now for a heart heart ailment so they did a bypass and now before he comes out from hospital already they told him look all these fatty foods and this and that and the other all is a very big problem for you because this what we did too is not completely done because there's still some other issues there he says okay no problem and then now he's in the hospital is already eating chocolates upon chocolates full full slabs 
He says, no, don't worry, I'll do what I want to do. And he's eating everything that they told him not to eat. So what's going to be the case? That operation, he'll pay for it, undergo the difficulty too, and he'll still be, probably before he leaves the hospital, he'll have another heart attack. So the person who's oblivious and he's unmindful of Allah Ta'ala, that even in these calamities too, he doesn't stop committing sin. And he gets even more further away. But the person has got some consciousness, some sense, then this turns him, turns his heart and mind, makes him come closer to Allah Ta'ala, makes him repent, makes him give up the haram, that all this is due to the sins that I've committed. So now that in its end result, becomes a rahmat and a blessing and bounty from Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala himself describes this in the Quran Sharif, وَلَنُذِيقَنَّهُمْ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَدْنَى دُونَ الْعَذَابِ الْأَكْبَرِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ And ظَهَرَ الْفَسَادُ فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِ النَّاسِ لِيُذِيقَهُمْ بَعْضَ الَّذِي عَمِلُوا لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْجِعُونَ The time is limited, there is no time to go into the details of these ayat but Allah Ta'ala says all this comes to make the person come back to Allah Ta'ala so if he comes back, became a very big blessing so in any case, that's one kind of fitna. And that is the very small kind of fitna. Very, very small. Allah Ta'ala protect us from that as well. Allah Ta'ala save us from all those trials and difficulties. We are very weak. We are very, very, very weak and completely weak. We should never ever ask for any trials and tests. But that is the small trial, very small. The very small trial that a person lost all his wealth. Allah Ta'ala save us from that. Allah Ta'ala never put us through such, such situations. That's a very small test. Somebody got very sick. It's a very small test. Allah Ta'ala save us from all these tests as well. It might be big in itself, but very small comparatively speaking. Because after all, who is going to live in dunya forever? Anybody going to live forever? Forget forever. How many people reach hundred? One small percentage, a fraction of a fraction. 100 is far away, 70, 80 to... People see that age, they say, no, I'm, no, mashallah, I had a very good life, very long life. So, nobody is going to remain forever here. So the most that is going to happen is a person is going to pass away. person is going to... Some calamity is going to come. A person's life might go. And if that didn't happen immediately, there will be difficulty, there will be hardship, but eventually, that's where he's going to finish off. In terms of dunya. But the akhirat, that's everlasting. As the person in that condition, Allah Ta'ala save us from all these circumstances too. But he made toba, he made istighfar, he made sabr, he kept on turning to Allah Ta'ala. His dunya was a little difficult, but his akhirat is made forever. His qabr is made, his day of qiyamah inshallah will be safe, and then he'll be in perpetual bliss and happiness in jannat. And once he's on that end, then all these difficulties of dunya, as mentioned in one hadith sharif, that the person who had the most amount of difficulties in dunya, every kind of sickness, every kind of difficulty, every kind of hardship, but he was a sincere Muslim. He had iman, and he was a good servant of Allah Ta'ala. On the day of Qiyamah, he'll be taken, and he'll be just dipped, one dip in Jannat. Because that's where he's going to eventually finish off. He'll just be dipped, one dip in Jannat and brought out. One dip, how you put your maybe finger in a glass of water, just one dip, how long it takes? One second, less than a second. So now only for that fraction of a time, 
he'll be in Jannat and brought out. And then he'll be asked that this life of dunya, did you ever experience any difficulty? He'll say, never. What difficulty? I never experienced one bit of difficulty. So now his whole life went like that. How come? See that one dip in Jannah will make him forget everything. That happiness of Jannah is such that he'll genuinely have forgotten that I don't think I ever experienced one headache also. And there'll be the person who was in the lap of luxury in dunya. Never had one slight bit of difficulty and pain outwardly. But he left this dunya with kufr. He'll be just dipped first on the day of Qiyamah. Just one dip in Jahannam. And be brought out. That one, one second. Oh, millisecond. And he'll be asked, did you enjoy anything in dunya? He said, I never enjoyed one fraction of a moment. Every moment was full of difficulty. That one dip in Jahannam will make him forget his whole 50-70 years life of luxury. So what is this dunya really? So now in any case, that what we are talking about is the small fitna. That this now, it becomes a means of some difficulty, some hardship indeed. Allah Ta'ala protect us from all this. But this is the small fitna. Allah Ta'ala save us from that also. The big fitna is what is being described in this Hadith Sharif. Ta'aridul fitnu ala al-qulub. That the fitna comes and attacks the heart directly. And now that is, like as they say sometimes, the silent whoop. So the whoop cracked, it stung badly, I didn't even know where it came from. And didn't even hear any sound. And it already caused a fatal blow. Allah Ta'ala save us. That's now the fitna now. Person is sitting very comfortable. Seems like everything is going perfectly. But the fitna is hitting his heart. How does the fitna hit the heart? And that was Huzaifa radiallahu ta'ala is describing what Rasulullah said, Ta'aridul fitan ala al-qulub kal hasiri udan udan. Now we haven't seen this, so it's hard for us to figure out how this happens. But those who might have seen it, how straw mats are made. Now nowadays probably all this too is made with machinery. But in those days, however now too, it might be still made by hand. So now there's some specific way in which the straws are made to fall one after the other into something that now will then eventually be all stitched up. and So to create that mat effect, so now to do it in a very expert way, they have all the straws ready in place and it just falls into place one after the other. So just as you see that one, two, three, five, just non-stop. The fitnas like that will start attacking the heart. Now, perhaps maybe 100 years ago, 200 years ago, long before that, or even further, and maybe not so far away, 50 years ago, maybe 30 years ago to, perhaps maybe 50 years is about but close now. This might have been a very difficult thing to understand. How is this going to attack the heart one after the other? fitna upon fitna attacking the heart one after the other like this example that is being given in the Hadith Sharif but in this time and age there is no need to now be pondering too deep to understand it it's become so glaring a person can be sitting for 15 minutes in one spot 
or wherever he's sitting for one spot or ten spots too and in that 15 minutes he can have a hundred fitnas hitting his heart through the phone in that 15 minutes thousand fitnas can hit his heart now that is apart from all the fitnas in the surroundings small driver person takes from one point to another by the time he reaches there how many fitnas are now attracting him and distracting him whether it is in some family function, some wedding, some person went to buy some necessity, somebody went wherever, people go sometimes on some holiday somewhere, here, there and everywhere, and what not happens. Now in that one short time, forget one and ten and hundred, sometimes thousands of fitnas have attacked the heart. Every haram that is tempting the person is a fitna. And now it's attacking the heart directly. So now there's two, two reactions, there's two reactions, which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentions. One reaction is, فَأَيُّ قَلْبٍ أَنْكَرَهَا نُكِتَ فِيهِ نُكْتَةٌ بَيْضَى وَأَيُّ قَلْبٍ أُشْرِبَهَا نُكِتَ فِيهِ نُكْتَةٌ سَوْدَى حَتَّى تَصِيرَ عَلَى قَلْبَيْنِ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi says there's two kinds of hearts now. One heart, now this is attacking the heart directly. The fitna of the eyes, the fitna of so many things, attacking the heart directly. Now you're going to get two reactions. One is the reaction of that heart, which every time any fitna now driving down the road for some necessity, and now there's 101 fitnas that are now attacking the heart. The person went to do his work, he went to run his business, or the person went to some other need, and now there's a 101 fitnas that are attacking. But there are those people and those hearts, that keep rejecting the fitna. So now in rejecting the fitna, the heart sometimes feels like it's going to break. Because now there's a temptation to look at some haram, there's a temptation to listen to some haram, there's a temptation to go to some haram place, there's a temptation to involve oneself in some haram chat, there's a temptation to be involved in some haram relationship, and Allah forbid what not. But the person says, doesn't matter whatever pressure comes on my heart, whatever extent of force is being exerted by this temptation, but, and if it sees my heart will break in a thousand pieces, that is something I can tolerate, but I am not going to break Allah's command. My heart breaks, it breaks for Allah Ta'ala, that is something I can tolerate, but I will not break Allah Ta'ala's command. Now once, twice, ten times, hundred times, five hundred times, that heart is breaking for Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu says, every time that this heart rejects the fitna and breaks for Allah Ta'ala, and it adopts that sabr, this heart gets brighter. There's a bright spot appears on the heart, and it starts that nur, and it starts building, and building, and building further, and strengthening. And a time comes, whether it will be after 500 such occasions, or 1000, or 5000, Allah knows. It all depends on the extent of sabr that was made at that time. But constantly the sabr is being made. The time comes when this heart becomes fitna proof. Because it strengthened itself so strongly, by repeatedly breaking for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. لَا تَضُرُّهُ فِتْنَةٌ مَا دَامَتِ السَّمَاوَاتُ وَالْأَرْضِ Nabi Islam says, no fitna till the end of time will now affect this heart. But the other heart, 
Why you kalbin ushriba? Whichever heart now just took it in. Do this wrong? Well, I have to just do it. Press this button, just press it. Look at this, just look at it. Now somebody sent one message, so now just respond to it and get caught up in one haram. And one thing after the other. So now every time one temptation and the heart is absorbing. And every time the heart is absorbing that haram, that fitna, that nukita fihi nuktatun beida, a dark spot appears on the heart. Now one, two, three, ten, hundred thousand, and the heart is getting engulfed in darkness. And then Nabi Islam says what happens to the heart is eventually that kal kalkuzi mujakhiyan it gets engulfed in darkness and the heart becomes like an upturned vessel like a glass or some container or some big bucket or some whatever but it's upside down on tank or whatever but it is upside down now forget a big huge tank you put on small cup also under the Niagara Falls the Niagara Falls is millions of liters of water flowing every second put all together millions of liters flowing every second you put on small glass that won't take forget the glass, a huge tank won't take a few seconds to fill up one second maybe but that glass, small glass is upside down how long it will take to fill up Kiamat will come where it won't fill up because upside down so now this heart by repeatedly absorbing the fitna it's now turned upside down when it's turned upside down لَا يَعْرِفُ مَعْرُوفًا وَلَا يُنْكِرُ مُنْكَرًا إِلَّا مَا أُشْرِبَ مِنْ هَوَاهَ Now the condition of the heart becomes this, that it's not interested in any good, it can't recognize any good, and it can't recognize any evil. Meaning it can't recognize the good that I should do this good, and it can't resist from any evil. Anything and everything now, but if the heart desires it, I must do it. إِلَّا مَا أُشْرِبَ مِنْ هَوَاهَ the only objective of that person in life becomes chasing his desires. Doesn't matter what's right and wrong. Doesn't matter where this is going to finish me off. Doesn't matter how this is going to destroy my family. Doesn't matter how this will turn my whole dunya and akhirat upside down. But if this is what my desire wants, I must do it. Now that becomes the condition of the heart. That the heart becomes engulfed in this darkness. Now everything becomes what the person wants to do is everything upside down. Because the heart is upside down. So the Mubarak way of life of Rasulullah that is abandoned. And the immoral styles and ways of the western lifestyle that is then embraced. That kind of shameless dressing. That kind of shameless ways and habits. And manner of conducting oneself. Because everything is upside down now. Now that is so immoral, so shameful, so shameless and disgusting sometimes. That word too is not sufficient to describe it. But that will be appealing. That will become appealing to a person whose heart is upside down. And the person won't be able to see the wrong in it. Because if something is upside down, how is he going to see what's right? And the good things, you know, I can't overdo it now, it's fine now. I read my salah. So everything else now, just by the way. Now this becomes the end result of that heart that is now turned upside down, that it is now devoid of good, and every temptation of evil, it just falls headlong into it, 
and it just goes on and on and gets worse and worse Allah forbid now when the time of moth comes what's going to be the condition and when moth comes nobody knows and that is why sometimes we see some really really way out things you can't imagine how a Muslim can make such a statement how a Muslim can even bring some things like this on the tongue for example just something for example the very big fitna that is now in vogue the LGBT fitna and you'll find Muslims coming out in support now something Allah Ta'ala has de- de- completely denounced in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala mentioned the people of Lut Ali Salatu Wasalam and what kind of azab came down upon them and a Muslim can bring it on their tongue can bring some kind of support for something so disgusting now you wonder what happened but the heart is upside down the heart is upside down so now all those talks of that this is what Allah Ta'ala has said that this is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said that he is falling on an upturned vessel so now it can be under the Niagara Falls also but what's going to go inside so now I just now we get somebody who professes to be a Muslim has, claims to be a Muslim having a Muslim name and say no no this is all support everybody support all this too all this filth and dirt must support it so what happened? How could a Muslim bring this on their tongue? It's because what the condition of the heart is. That the condition of the heart is gone upside down. And the good can't be understood anymore. And the evil can't be rejected anymore. Illa ma ushriba min hawa. Whatever a person now has the desire of the heart, but no matter what it is, must carry on. So now this is what is described in this Hadith Sharif which Rasulullah mentioned about when the fitnas will come and attack the hearts now the thing is when the heart is upside down so now does it mean that there is no hope left no there is hope but it's not going to happen just by wishing that the heart comes right now comes right side up if there is a whole big tank but it fell upside down got upturned so it's not going to be just somebody one child came now and he just pushed it back up is going to require a lot of effort until that effort is not put in place to turn it right side up then it's a very very difficult situation and Allah forbid then if moth comes away before that effort is made how are we going to meet Allah Ta'ala so now this is the aspect that now we need to in the short time that we have left understand what is the effort to put this heart right because knowing about the disease is not going to be the cure knowing about the disease is one part the person underwent the MRI scan and this scan and that test and what not and eventually the report came out that this is a cancer it's okay fine Jazakallah for telling me and the person now goes home quietly so that's not going to solve it that now I know what it is now the treatment is going to be of crucial importance and to the extent that the treatment is undertaken to that extent that disease will then be treated or that upturned vessel will start getting turned right side up otherwise then it will fall back where it is now one of the most important steps in this regard that those means of fitna those means that are raining fitnas upon our heart and in this time and age perhaps it's very hard to think about 
what will come out second but there's no prizes for guessing what will come out first if there's a competition now that which is going to get first prize so to say no prizes actually but first prize for being the biggest means of fitna so there's no prize for the right guess that which will get first prize second prize it can be a multitude of things but the first prize it's a very very person gets the right answer is nothing smart about him that it is a smartphone but this is what the fire that we don't want to let go of our hands it is like that purbani knife that very very sharp purbani knife that slaughters the ox on the one side it's very beneficial also that you can slaughter that ox and perform such a great ibadat but have we ever that that sharp knife given it in the hand of a child that you also now can go play with it it's fine it can do such a marvelous job of slaughtering that ox and then not one maybe many many that knife will do the job but give it in the hand of a child it is kept very very carefully as soon as when it's required at the last moment is taken out of its bag or that case or whatever then it's used then you'll see whoever is now just used it that runs it whatever it'll go back into its case because it's very dangerous and day it come in the hand of a child most of us with a smartphone in our hands are more lesser than children lesser than children with that very sharp knife in their hands next thing you hear that that child cut his finger off somebody cut his toes off somebody did something worse somebody hurt his brother or sister and made a damage because a child is a child he has no idea how to use that correctly and likewise the same case what havoc is being unleashed with this so called smartphone there's nothing smart about it besides that it is shaitan who's the smart user of this that is made it the choice tool of fitna now for ourselves for our families for our children for our dunya for our akhirat we're going to have to become smarter we are going to be have to become smarter and it is the person's own benefit at the end of the day benefit of our own families benefit of our own selves and at the end of the day the harm is always if we just take it as one of those things but we have to take the step every now and again there's some email that would come that how do i stop watching haram on the phone so the answer nowadays that is given is first you get rid of it and then ask the person says okay i'm ready to get rid of it what should i do so now the next question goes but did you already get rid of it he says no not yet So now after having given the advice that look if you want to you genuine you are sincere it means you have fallen into this you have fallen repeatedly into it Allah Taala gave you some consciousness now you're asking but you're still not prepared to cut off the source of the problem so now you're asking but you want to keep the fire burning but you're asking please give me some water that I can't leave the fire I want to remain in the fire but please give me some water at the same time so now is that going to be sensible that i want to stay in the fire i'm not going to come out of it i'm getting burned but please i want to get the water to be extinguishing the fire uh, i i'll remain there but that doesn't make sense at all first thing is a person has to come out of the fire 
He has to come out of that fire and now the water will help him, will cool him. So the point is that this has become like in people have forget the necessity of life. It has become like like a life support. One person, she was one lady was complaining, my husband is you know, connected to all these devices all the time, meaning he's sometimes on this and sometimes on that. He's connected to all these devices, it has become like life support. So what do I do when he's so glued to all this and stuck on it and so the person who she was asking some advice from he replied and said that look it seems like this has gone too deep don't unplug it all at one time because he might just go he might lose his life he was meaning to say just wean it off slowly when she heard this she quickly jumped up and started unplugging all the devices she thought maybe it might work maybe that might send him off so the point is that was just something somebody made as a joke but in any case it was meant to highlight that how desperate some people have become it was just meant to highlight the desperation some people are having in terms of the people in their household so what the point is step one we have to become now this become like a need if a person has fallen once twice too much then get rid of it have a simple basic phone as much as this might sound like words in the air, Allah will give tawfiq to who he wishes. But get rid of that and have a simple basic phone which does the job in terms of making a call and we lose nothing. All we lose is what shaitan is trying to make us have that load on our head. That will be the biggest blessing. person says, but how am I going to do with all this social media, without all this, what kind of life it will be? Let us come to that life and then see what it will be. One person recently, not too recently, a little while ago, he found to say that it was in Ramadan that he made a decision that he's going to be out of all social media. He says prior to this, prior to this whole social media and everything coming every day, I should recite Quran Sharif. After this came in, everything dwindled and then it stopped completely. All the time was taken up by all this and the whole time was gone into all these futile or haram things he took a decision got rid of it had everything deleted whatever closed he said alhamdulillah I'm reciting three paras Quran Sharif daily I'm making my tasbihat daily I've got time with my family daily there's a happy atmosphere at home and so many things have changed I've done nothing else I've just shut down all the social media now people think but is it possible can you stop breathing and live that's a kind of question as if people are asking. But you're saying I must stop breathing and still carry on living. If I stop all the social media, I'd, like, I'll suffocate. Now shaitan makes us think in that manner. A shaitan When a person wants to do the right thing, when a person wants to now contribute, for example, give sadaqah, so shaitan comes and says, you will suffer poverty this moment. So Allah Ta'ala says, shaitan does that. He threatens you with all these evil. But Allah Ta'ala, Wallahu ya'idukum maghfiratan minhu wa fadla. Allah says He'll forgive you and give you much more in abundance. So just as that sadaqah will bring abundance, don't listen to shaitan, listen to what Allah Ta'ala has said. Allah will give abundance in that quality of life as well. What a person is thinking, let's suffocate without all this. Not suffocate, he'll start breathing better. All his sinuses will open out. And all the things that are clogged up will now clear out. And he'll start breathing, his lungs will start functioning now. And now he'll start getting the true taste of his food. 
when he has come back to Allah Ta'ala. So this fitna, it starts engulfing the heart, and when it starts engulfing the heart, then it's a very difficult situation. So step one, we have to get out of this. Step two, we have to nourish the heart. Because the heart is now engulfed in this darkness. So it gets very, very weak spiritually. And then it's prone to every disease, spiritual disease. So now that heart has to be nourished spiritually. What is the nourishment of the heart? To start off with sincere toba. Sincere toba, shedding tears of repentance, of remorse and regret. Allah Ta'ala bless me with these eyes, Allah Ta'ala's gift, Allah's na'mad. If Allah Ta'ala snatches it away, the whole world can't give it to me. And I misuse Allah Ta'ala's gifts and bounties. I misuse all these faculties Allah Ta'ala blessed me with. This was a very serious crime. Make sincere tawbah, turn to Allah Ta'ala, beg Allah's forgiveness. Make two rakats, four rakats, ten rakats salatu tawbah. And then make istighfar a few hundred times. And shed tears of remorse and regret. Give some sadaqah to make amends. Inshallah this will wipe out the sin. But then the heart still needs its nourishment to strengthen. Then now daily the zikr of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. Minimum a hundred times istighfar very consciously. Astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah very deeply, consciously. With remorse and regret. A hundred times Duru Sharif. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A hundred times the third kalima. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. With the minimum, at least subhanallah, wa bihamdihi. This is something daily, and if you do it morning and evening, all the better. Or at least once a day. And then tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. No day must go without tilawat having taken place in our homes. It must be tilawat daily in our homes. This is what brings down the barakat, brings down the rahmat, brings down that happiness into the home. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says that home wherein the Qur'an Sharif is recited, the shayateen flee away from that house. The malaika come in. The house feels very, very spacious, meaning it feels very comfortable for the people. It might be a small dwelling, but they'll feel at home within that small space. The hearts will be united. And it becomes a source of so much of barakat. And that home where there's no Quran recited, the angels go away, the shayateen come and throng in. And it feels very, very narrowed upon the person. It might be a mansion, but the person is claustrophobic inside. And the khair and barakat goes away, all the evil comes in. So daily tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Then talim in our homes. Every day there should be talim in our homes. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, talim of the fazail kitabs. Without fail this should take place. And with great importance given to it. Fixing a time that is a very conducive time for the whole family to be together. And we get this talim going. If the mothers take this upon themselves as something that must happen. Inshallah the whole household will follow suit. We make sure the stadium takes place in our home. Daily, five, day, five times daily salah is being performed by all. The men are going to the masjid. The rest are performing their salah at home on time, in good time. And we keep all these things, the, bring the sunnahs of Rasulullah alive. MashaAllah, there are so many good little booklets and some more detailed books also on the Mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah Every sunnah is filled with noor. We bring these sunnahs alive, sunnahs of eating, sunnahs of drinking. Read one sunnah to our family daily. 
and then revise it the next day in a new sunnah and try to encourage one another to start practicing sunnahs of eating, drinking, simple, very easy but it will bring noor in our homes, noor in our lives it will bring muhabbat and happiness it will bring peace and contentment it will bring barakat in our livelihood and everything that we are desiring will come through this so Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq that we start practicing on all this we bring it alive and we make tawbah from whatever mistakes we might have made Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness is waiting Allah Ta'ala is waiting for the person who comes with tawbah and Allah's forgiveness rushes towards him we make sincere tawbah and beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness MashaAllah there was one khatam of the Quran Sharif that took place just now somebody completed the nazra of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala accept that as well Allah Ta'ala make it a means of tremendous khair and barakat for the child, for the family, for the, inter- for the teachers, for all Allah Ta'ala make it a means of khair and barakat for the entire community and the ummah Inshallah we'll make a short dua Duas at the time of Khatam of Quran Sharif is very accepted There'll be a little bit of dua made aloud and then softly in that time Inshallah we try to make whatever duas are in our heart Ask for the best of dunya and akhirat Ask for Allah Ta'ala's protection and safety from every sin Ask for tawfiq of every righteousness And for steadfastness on deen Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اخفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عنا تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين إله العالمين يا الله وموس مسيفل موس غريشس موس كائن موس لفيق الله إله العالمين يا الله فقيف أسي الله الله فقيف أسي الله الله فقيف أسي الله Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah shower down your rahmat and mercy upon us, ya Allah. Allah you protect us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, ya Allah. Allah save us from all the haram and vice and evils and sins, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin full our hearts with righteousness, ya Allah. Allah save our hearts from becoming the upturned vessels, ya Allah. Save our hearts from becoming engulfed in darkness and fitna, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin make our hearts fitna proof, ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of rejecting all the fitnas that attack the heart, ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on amal, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five times daily salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. The men, Ya Allah. The women, enable each one to our sisters to perform their salah in good time in their homes, Ya Allah. Allahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to bring the sunnah alive, Ya Allah. Save us from the ways of the kuffar, Ya Allah. From their way of dressing, Ya Allah. From their way of conducting themselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Grant us every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. Grant us every khair and barakat, Ya Allah. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وعين الحمد لله